Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another serving of Business Soup Talk Radio. If it's in business, it's business soup. I'm your host, John Dibbavoise. Stephen Extract is joining us again, and we're going to extract from him some information about what it means to license a product. If you are a small business person and you've got a great idea, widget, gadget, or gadget, and you want to get it to market, well, here's the guy, Stephen Extract from Informa, the global licensing company. Stephen, welcome to another serving of Business Soup. Thank you, John. Nice to be here. Stephen, when I have a good idea and I think it's going to be the next best thing since sliced bread, what are the things I should be looking at doing before I go out into the market and say, here I am? How do I go about licensing my product? So let's just define what a license is first for the audience. To be relatively straightforward, a license is an agreement through which a licensee, which would be a company that has a product, lease a product or a service. They lease the rights to that legally protected piece of intellectual property from what's called a licensor, the owner of the property. And it's for use in conjunction with a product or it could be a service. So and basically, licensing is a marketing and brand extension tool that's widely used by everyone from major corporations to the smallest of small business. When you think about licensing, you think entertainment, sports, and fashion are areas of licensing that are most readily apparent to consumers. But the business reaches into the worlds of corporate brands, art, publishing, colleges and universities, nonprofit groups, just to name a few. So licensing is an agreement that specifies over a certain period of time the usage of a product, a symbol, a logo, and I'm sure that there's performance levels on that, and there's got to be a timeline, a date, an expiration, a drop-dead date on this, whether you are providing that product, whatever it might be, or you are consuming it through your retail store end. Yes, you're absolutely right, John. There is a, there's a timeline, uh, there's an agreement in place that specifies how one can use it, what the tiers of distribution will be for the retail tiers of distribution, the amount of time that, that the product can be sold, the amount of royalty that needs to be paid, and in the case of royalty with an A-list property, uh, we're talking about there's also typically an upfront guarantee that the licensee needs to provide to the licensor. In other words, in the form of a check, they'll say, we expect how much you expect to sell, Mr. Licensee. Oh, I think I'll sell one million T-shirts at uh, a wholesale value of ten dollars. Then fine. Then I want an upfront guarantee of ten million dollars. And I'm, I'm using large numbers there. It's not typically that kind of – that those aren't the kind of deals. That, they can be on a much smaller level. But I'm just giving a, a generalized idea of what a guarantee would be as well. So if you license something, you better be prepared to deliver because you're giving a guarantee that whether you sell that $10 million or not, they expect their royalty on what you represented. That's exactly right, John. And so your supply chain needs to be strong. You need to really kind of know ahead of time what your quality is going to be, what your delivery is going to be. Where is your distribution, right? Where's your distribution channel? Do you have it? Are you just trying to sell something online? Oftentimes I get calls from people who have an idea for, they have a great idea for a product. They have, they think that if they license it, get a license on it, it'll sell faster, but they're selling it directly online themselves. Well, you can't guarantee that that product is going to sell, you know, you're up against uh, behemoths like Amazon 
then you need to really think about that and think, you know, what's my distribution channels before you start writing checks, right? So you really need to be cautious. And, you know, most businesses fail in their first year because they're undercapitalized. And so you have to make sure your capitalization is there, right? right? You have to make sure that you have, before you write a big check for a license, you have to make sure that all your ducks are in a row. We're talking with Stephen Extract from the Informa Corporation on licensing. Stephen, what is the difference between a license and a patent? Do you need one or the other or both or any of them? So a license is really a trademark. License is a trademark. A patent is really for an invention, right? It's different. You can certainly license your patented invention, which is something that we see quite frequently. And um, we've actually had an increase in inventors who attend our, our licensing expos who come with these products. They have product ideas that they've patented, and they understand that through licensing, they can sell more of them. So what they'll do is they'll have a patent on the invention, and then what they'll do is they'll add a trademark to that to sell more of them, in other words. So you can sell more patented can openers if they have, I don't know, um, the Campbell's logo on it, right, from Campbell's Soup. I'm going to trust. I know that soup comes in a can. Campbell's Soup is a ubiquitous. It's everywhere that we go, right, every right. supermarket. So if I see a can opener in the home goods section of the supermarket, it's got Campbell's logo on it. I'm going to go, I trust that brand because that's going to open that darn Campbell's soup can that I have, right? So, yeah, so someone invents a newfangled idea for a can opener and goes out and then gets the Campbell's trademark on that, they're going to sell more product than they would if it was just a generic product that, you know, said, oh, this is a newfangled can opener. It does this, 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 but it's, it's just brand Z. So the difference is you've got a patent is for creating a product, and a trademark is for creating a brand. When George Foreman signed on for the George Foreman Grill, it was just a grill until it became the George Foreman Grill. And then his name recognition and his endorsement of it sold millions of those units because, well, it was a good product. But George Foreman signed on as a paid endorsement and boom, instant success. Something like 80 million units were sold. And, you know, it's funny how you see some of these things happen through kismet. George Foreman is not known as being a chef, okay? He's known as being heavyweight champion of the world, right? And right. certainly a, a personality. But what does that have to do with grilling meat? Somehow people connected that, oh, healthy lifestyle, George Foreman, of course, his diet has to be healthy because he's an incredible athlete. And that's really how they marketed that grill was, oh, it's going to get rid of all the fat. You know, all the fat's going to drip out and the meat will be healthier. And that's how they marketed it. And it turned out brilliantly. Wow. I mean, I think almost everyone I know has one sitting in their closet. It was sitting in their closet. I don't think he wants to hear that one. <laughs> it was a fad, wasn't it? It was a fad. I'll speak for myself. I have one sitting in the closet because I now use, I typically grill all year round out of my outdoor grill, whether it be damned. So in the case of being an aspiring inventor, how important is the licensing? If I got this great widget, what do I do with it to get it out there? After all, distribution is the most important part of my business model. How important is that licensing? It's important. And we actually have a company called InventRight, which exhibits at our show. They actually take quite a large space at our licensing show. And what they found is that the show is attended by a lot of inventors. A lot of inventors from around the world come to the show. 
looking for ideas because they're looking for trademarks that they can put on these inventions. And But a lot of them, they have the idea, they have the patent or the patent is pending, but they don't have the manufacturer. So what Eventbrite does is they actually inventors up with a manufacturer and then as a third tier go and bring in a license so it's it's all part of the same ecostructure if you will and it works very well together because introducing a new product as you know john is very expensive it's very difficult i will say that the internet has democratized uh, that and what we see particularly with amazon is so many unbranded products that are coming to market in the u.s that are coming from China and, and other foreign markets that because so many brands won't sell their products on Amazon. And so we've actually seen a democratization of more and more brands. But the consumer, particularly the United States of American consumer, likes brands. We're a very brand-centric culture. We trust brands. We know that a brand stands for something. It stands for quality. It stands for assurance. It stands for something, and I think we feel better about products when when we buy a branded product versus a generic product. Sure. It's a level of comfort of security gives you that feeling that I know that name and they wouldn't cheat me on that T-shirt or whatever the branded product is. Right. And they've done quality and they've done quality control and quality assurance. And frankly, most of the licensors in, in the business are very quality conscious. They don't want their brands distressed before they'll approve any product that's licensed, they need to go through a, a very, very complex process where everything has to be approved from the logo to the quality of the material or whatever that's being used to the safety. I mean, there's so many safety. It has to be passed all kinds of safety tests. So absolutely, because a brand is so important to the consumer and it stands for that trust, the brands are very concerned. So it used to be when licensing first sort of started out back in the 70s, it's interesting because you had some very well-known designers like Pierre Cardin who got greedy and said, you know what, I want to make a lot of money, so I'm just going to license my name for hundreds of different products. And didn't care, as long as he got his check, he didn't care what it was licensed. <laughs> and what you saw was the brand got became distressed, right? And you started seeing it in discount stores. This was a very famous French designer, Pierre yes. Cardin, who was making, making you know, incredible uh, gowns for the most famous women in the world. And just out of greed, just to make those millions in his old age, he just sold out the brand. And that's really changed a lot because companies just won't do that anymore. That gave licensing a bad name. You also saw it early on with Playboy, uh, Playboy magazine which uh, was doing uh, those hanging air fresheners in cars. And a lot of, they did a lot of cheap merchandise. They really cheapened their brand. And um, so th th those are good warnings for brands to be careful not to do that. You want to make sure that whatever product you are licensing your brand for is as good a quality, if not better, than the actual core brand that you're selling. I recall as a young child, my parents told me, never do or say anything that you have to explain from the front page of the newspaper. <laughs> that's, that's good advice. Yeah, well, I didn't necessarily follow it, you know, being a rodeo cowboy and, and such, but, you know, they didn't have social media back then. 
We're talking with Stephen Extract from the Informa Corporation on global licensing and how important it is and how to go about getting a license or giving a license. Let's say that I'm, I have some talent and let's, or say my kids have some talent and they're suddenly become popular and people are approaching them about licensing them or perhaps one of my horses or animals. What should I be looking at? As far as if someone wants to license my look, my name, my animals, my kids, what should I be looking for in doing that? It's interesting you bring that up, John, because that's a very growing area of licensing is this whole influencers, social media influencers. Yes. Uh, and it's everything from Instagram to uh, TikTok to Twitch, which is a, an online streaming platform for video gamers. And certainly there are a number of new celebrities being created because of the internet and online. Esports, which is esports is competitive video gaming, which has just exploded uh, among uh, Gen Z and millennials, right? Yes. Uh, and um, there are a number of influencers. These are the athletes, the esports athletes have become big, 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 big stars. They have millions of fans. And people want to buy their merchandise. So their licensing product is very similar to an athlete. They have licensed jerseys with their names on them. And the fans are buying these and they're wearing them out. And they're wearing them out. They're wearing them when they're gaming. So what you want to look for is what are their stats, right? Uh, and it's so much easier now with the Internet to be able to measure. You can really measure like how many likes. Uh, Instagram influencer has, or how many people viewed that uh, esports game? Um, what were the favorite characters, who, or who were the favorite players? And so we're seeing this as a very, very big growth area for our business. Is these influencers are becoming the new celebrities, and they're going from zero to hero in a very short amount of time, right? They're going from unknown to being millions and millions and millions of fans. So it's interesting. And, you know, it's very similar. Celebrities have for the last, I don't know how long, but we've always been a culture in this country that's been obsessed with celebrities. It's just, it's a changing nature of celebrities. You know, on TikTok, there's a young girl who's 16 years old. Her, her name is Charlie D'Amelio. She comes from New Haven, Connecticut, and uh, she's the number one TikTok star now. And basically, she gets on, she does 60 seconds or less of dancing on TikTok. Oh, yes, I've heard of this. And uh, she has an agent in Hollywood. They're doing all kinds of endorsements. She's making millions and millions and millions of dollars from this. Uh, the same goes for YouTube. There's a number of young people who become YouTube stars. They get all kinds of... Uh, licensed apparel deals and and retailers will go to them and say hey we want to do a line of clothing around your name or cosmetic companies someone like charlie d'amelio will have a, a major cosmetics company that want to do that will have her use their cosmetics online and pay a, a big fee so i think the caution there is that oftentimes particularly as for the younger younger the star is it can move very quickly if you're going to be licensing an entity like that you want to have fast-moving consumer goods. You want to be able to manufacture the product quickly and get it out into retail quickly because you just don't know how long that trend will last. You just don't know. And also, as we know with celebrities, 
they can get themselves in trouble, you know, <laughs> and have a scandal. And all of a sudden, no one wants to touch them. Yeah, they can go from zero to hero to zero in a very short yeah. period of time. And then what do you do if you, that celebrity that is modeling your product goes down to zero and does something stupid? What do you do? Typically, if you have an attorney, if you have an IP attorney that's written your contract for you, You'll have a morals clause in there, which enables you to break the contract with that person if they've done something. And this is something the Hollywood studios have as well, that if they have an actor, for example, who's done something really horrendous, they can kick them off the film or TV show or whatever with no legal repercussion. And that would go the same if you're licensing their likeness for T-shirt or whatever. You have a morals clause built in saying that if they do something that's illegal or immoral or whatever... You can then terminate the contract, and there could be damages that they may have to pay you as well. The safest celebrities to license are dead celebrities. Um, and, you know, we've seen – no, seriously, because yeah. they, well, can sure. do, they can do no wrong. They can do no wrong. You know, Elvis Presley has been a huge – Marilyn Monroe, Elvis Presley, um, people like Albert Einstein. There's an image that people have when they see Einstein, they think smart. So every, every smart product in the world wants to be associated with Albert Einstein, right? Every cool product wants to be associated with Elvis Presley. Every beauty product wants to be associated with Marilyn Monroe. And guess what? These guys can do no wrong because they're no longer with us. We're talking with Stephen Extract from the Informa Corporation and the Global Licensing. Check him out at bizsoup.com where you can get your five points of a successful business is the idea, the plan, the people, the execution, and the solution. Finally, I want to talk about the the summit that you offer. And I know you postponed it into a virtual summit. I believe it's a virtual now. What is the summit and who would go? Our licensing summit, which takes place in New York, is been uh, scheduled for mid-November, and that is still on. We're still planning to do that. We have not canceled that. That is a live event. That's a, a smaller event that's only about um, – 300 attendees. It takes place at the New York Hilton, which is in Midtown Manhattan. It's geared for C-level executives. It's really sort of a Davos, if you will, for the licensing industry. It's where the key executives gather. They're subjected to a a lot of high-level educational information about trends that are coming down the wire and certainly the ability to network with one another and do deals with one another. You know, one of the bigger we've seen growth in in licensing is collaborations, what's called uh, collabs. And that's when two brands come together and collaborate on a product or experience uh, to sell more. And this has become very big in the fashion business where you'll see a celebrity and a Nike come together. I mean, certainly Air Jordan was one of the originals, right? There's more and more and more of these collaborations where two disparate brands that aren't owned by the same company come together and are able to sell more product because they're making the consumer happy. The consumer, I love that brand. And look, it's together. And oftentimes they're limited run. So it makes them in demand because not everyone's going to have it. So it becomes a, a talking point. You know, you go to a party and someone sees you're wearing those special shoes that are co-branded or that special jacket that was co-branded and they'll notice it and say, hey, how did you get that? That was a limited run. I couldn't get it. It was sold out. So this is becoming a very, very big trend in our business of licensing. 
and uh, and that's uh, where a lot of these will will take place. A lot of these collaborations take place at the licensing leadership summit that takes place in New York. Remember, folks, distribution is the most important part of your business model. Doesn't matter how good your product or service is, if nobody knows you exist, you won't sell a thing. Find out how to get your product out there or get somebody else's and enhance your business model through licensing. And Stephen Extract has joined us to extract the information and disseminate it to our audience right here on Business Soup. Stephen, thanks again for being a part of Business Soup, where business comes for business. Thanks for having me, John. This has been another serving of Business Soup, where business comes for business. I'm John Debevoise, inviting you to visit the website for more servings of what is best in business. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.